It, it's an honor beyond my ability to describe to be here. We have some of the best preachers there are in this church, and I enjoy every one of them. I, I do go online and listen to the sermon from my church back in Maine and a couple of other churches, but the best ones are here. And so I, I just thank you for the opportunity to share this message today. <coughs> I was a little bit uh, unsure whether this was really the correct message or not, and the Lord made it clear it is his message, what a spiritually mature Christian looks like. And I thought, well, why would I preach that here? I think everybody here is spiritually mature. But I'm going to I'm going to bring it to you. This is what God said. So here we go. Perhaps the biggest challenge that Christians deal with today is that of spiritual maturity. Of course, you and I both know we never stop growing. And you may have noticed that some people get into the into all kinds of trouble, saying all kinds of immature things, making immature decisions, acting in immature ways. You know anybody like that? Don't raise your hand. To put it another way, Christians need to grow up. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18 tells us, Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's a newsflash. It is God's will that every Christian becomes spiritually mature. Is that new to everybody? God desires every Christian to become mature. God wants us all to grow. In fact... Paul scolds the Corinthian church for their lack of maturity. In 1 Corinthians 3, 2 and 3, he said, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where, where there is envy, strife, divisions among you, you are, not, you are now carnal in behaving like mere men. How would you like to hear a message like that? In Hebrews 5, 12, and 13, it says this, for when, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, you have need to that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Paul tells them to grow up. Paul wants us to grow up. Because spiritual immaturity causes all kinds of problems. God's will for our life is spiritual maturity. One of the purposes of the church is to help people grow spiritually. And I'm so glad I'm a part of this church for that reason. Before looking at what spiritual maturity looks like, let's need to understand what it is not. Spiritual maturity is not a matter of age. If it was, some of us would be way off the scale. <laughs> spiritual maturity is not much a matter of time as it is a matter of energy, effort, and growth. No one becomes spiritually mature overnight. Even Jesus grew. He grew up from a little boy. In Luke 2.52, the Bible says, quote, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. There's a danger, and that danger, it is possible to grow in age and not grow in spiritual maturity. It's like the bumper sticker that said, I may be getting older, but I refuse to grow up. 
Some Christians simply refuse to grow up. <coughs> Remember the Toys R Us commercial that says, I don't want to grow up, I'm a Toys R Us kid. In my many years of pastoring, I've seen senior citizens who were spiritual babies. Spiritual maturity involves much more than just getting older. Spiritual maturity is not a matter of appearance. Some people look sound, spiritually mature. They know how to talk the talk. The question is, do they know how to walk the walk? Some people look holy. They seem to have heaven hovering over around them, but when it's just an appearance and it's not a reality. Appearances can be deceiving. You know the sewing, sewing the saying, you can't judge a book by its cover? <clears throat> well, spiritual maturity is not a matter of what a person looks like or sounds like. On the outside, it's a matter of what's taking place on the inside. God wants to transform us into the image of his Son. In Romans 8.29, it says, For we whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be, to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. Spiritual maturity is also a, not a matter of achievement. Spiritual maturity is a person who can be recognized by all kinds of things, but that does not make them spiritual spiritually mature, even if they've done a lot of good things. They can have all kinds of skills, degrees, diplomas hanging on their wall, but that is not a guarantee of spiritual maturity either. So here we go. Are you ready for this? Spiritual maturity is a matter of character. Wow. Character is the difference. It's character that counts. D.L. Moody said, quote, character is what you are in the dark. Recognition is what people say about you. Character is what God knows about you and says. It's your character that determines who you are. There are some biblical mar markers that reveal spiritual maturity. A spiritually mature person is peace peaceful and patient under pressure. James has something to say about this. In James 1, verses 2 through 4, he says, quote, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, not lacking nothing. <clears throat> Many Christians today do not, do not strive for spiritual maturity, seeking to compete for Christ. For those who do, James encourages them to have a positive attitude and even joy when they experience pressure in their lives. That's not easy to do. It's not easy to have joy in the middle of a big mess. By the way, joy is different than being happy. You need to remember that. You can be unhappy and have great joy in the Lord at the same time. All of us have problems in this life. All of us have trials. All of us have situations that are not good. The question is, how do we handle them? I guess by now it's time to the secret to insert the issue of meddling. In case you couldn't tell, I've begun to meddle a little. <laughs> it's going to get worse. How, however, please do not leave, okay? The big question for us is how we deal with having lots of negative experiences in our life. Do our problems blow us out of the water? 
Do we get uptight? Do we grumble? Do we gripe? Do we get negative and nervous? The first test of spiritual maturity is how we act under pressure. The reality is this. Life on earth is full of problems. And a big part of life is problem solving while listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's so important. We need to ask ourselves, do I have the right attitude as I approach the problems in life? Remember, the Bible tells us in uh, the Word says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Have you ever heard that before? Let's say it together. Count it all joy when you fall in various trials. People can know the Bible backwards and forwards. They can quote verses. They can also be rude, crude, and obnoxious. Know anybody like that? So each of us needs to take a serious look at our attitude toward life. What is our attitude toward everything when everything's falling apart? Spiritually, a spiritually mature person is positive and peaceful under pressure. The next marker is a spiritually mature person is sensitive to the needs of other people. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 says, quote, Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? A spiritually mature person is sensitive to the needs of those around them. A spiritually mature person doesn't look out for their own needs. They are also aware of the needs of others. They understand that there may, may be many around them who may be hurting and have needs. That's why we have house churches here at TCF. We do life together. We get close to people in small groups in a way that cannot happen just on Sunday morning. When children are young, they say, I want this, I want that. I don't care what about what you want. I want, I want, I want. I must have it my way. And every parent knows that they didn't have to teach their children to be selfish. It comes naturally. Spiritual immaturity says, it's my way or the highway. I want it all. Give it to me. Life is all about me. God tells us that a spiritually mature, spiritual maturity is about love and being concerned about other people. Here's some specifics to, for clarity. Don't show favoritism. Don't be a snob. Don't be rude. Don't look down on other people. Don't judge by appearances. Don't insult people. Don't exploit people. The next spiritual marker, or the next marker of spiritual maturity is how we treat people. Paul might have said, I can build churches. I can write theological articles. I can put out Christian CDs. I, have, I can give all my money for international mission work, but if I don't have love, all I'm doing is tooting my own horn. It really doesn't. It doesn't really amount to much. In fact, it's worth nothing. That's in First Corinthians 13. The next marker of a peacemaker is spiritually mature person is a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. Jesus said in Matthew 5:9, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God." James 4:1 says, "Where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from?" You think they just happen? Think again. They come about because you want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourself. That's Matthew 
James is talking about conflicts and quarrels. He says that we fuss, we fight, we fume because our own inner desires and selfishness are running our lives. We want something, and when we don't get it, we get mad. When we get mad, we take it out on others. The question to ask is, am I a peacemaker or am I a troublemaker? Do I like to argue? Do I like to debate? Do I like to stir the pot? Do I hurt other people's feelings? Am I a peacemaker or am I tr a troublemaker? The mark of a spiritually mature person is the lack of conflicts in their life. I'm going to read First Thessalonians 4:11. It says, "Make it your ambition to lead a quiet and a peace, a quiet life, and attend to your own business and work with your own hands." So another question we need to ask ourselves is, what is my ambition in life? Is my ambition to be on top of the hill, ahead of the crowd? What was Jesus' ambition? Romans 12:18 says, "Do your best to live in." live at peace with everyone. We all know that we can always live at peace with everyone because there are those who create conflict. I'm sorry, we can't live at peace because there are people who like conflict. But we are to give it our best effort. When approached by the spirit of conflict, we can respond with a peaceful spirit, and we should. Being a peacemaker is another mark of being spiritually mature. Another marker of a spiritually mature person is Patience. Now, I know no one here needs to work on that, right? James 5, 7 and 8 says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the earthly and the, letter, the early and the latter rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. The word patient is used three times in those two verses. It tells us that being patient is important. Being patient is a quality of character. James gives an illustration of a farmer who plants his fields and now has to wait for the harvest. If there's anyone who has patience, it's a farmer. He plants the seed, he cultivates it, he sprays it, he hopes, he expects, he waits. There's no overnight crops, just ask a farmer. Sometimes we have to wait. We wait on God to answer our prayers. We wait for a miracle. We wait for God to move in our lives. We wait for God to work patience out in our life. Patience is a mark of maturity. And the only way to learn patience is by waiting. Don't you love that? <laughs> Many times God says not yet. That doesn't mean no. It just means not yet. My wife had a little saying posted on her wall downstairs in our house in Maine that said, God's delay is, God, is not God's denial. We need to wait. We need to be patient. We need to look at what the psalmist says in chapter 27. Quote, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Patience is definite, a definite marker of a spiritual maturity person. Another marker of a spiritual mature person is being prayerful. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul says, Pray without ceasing, unquote. When things are going well, pray. When things are going bad, pray. In all things, at all times, in all circumstances, 
pray. James says in chapter 5, verse 16, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Prayer is simply talking to God. It's bringing Him our request. It's praising Him. It's adoring Him. It's petitioning Him. When we pray, we acknowledge that He was in control of our lives. There's a story in the Old Testament about Elijah. Elijah prayed that it would not rain, and God stopped the rain for three years. Elijah prayed again, and the heavens opened up. Elijah was not manipulating God, but he was acknowledging him and believed that God controlled the elements of nature. There was also a supernatural demonstration to pagans of who the real God was. Those who are spiritually mature understand the power of God. There are things in our lives that no one can fix. Guess what? God can fix that and everything. God can take that which is broken and mend it. He can take that which is bent and straighten it out. He can take that which is shattered and make it whole again. God is that big. You believe that, right? Amen. <laughs> when, there's a, when there are problems in life, we can go to Him in prayer expecting a response. So we need to ask ourselves, how do I handle problems in my life? Am I positive under pressure? Am I sensitive to the needs of others around me? Am I a peacemaker rather than a troublemaker? Am I patient? Am I prayerful? There are four things to remember. Our Christian, number one, our Christian character should always be greater than our worldly circumstances. We can't always control what happens to us, but we can always control how we choose to respond. In those moments when I choose to stop complaining instead of giving thanks and instead give thanks to God for my good, for the good in my life, the parts that seem bad start to seem much less significant. We need to choose and keep a positive attitude and a thankful heart regardless of what's going, what we're going through. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 says, quote, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We need to remember that our struggle submitted to God always leads to strength. Every difficulty in our life, <clears throat> whether big or small, is something God will use to produce even more strength, faith, and perseverance in us if we let him win. Faith in God tells us that our pain submitted to God has a purpose. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all, in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Unquote. Number three, we also need to remember that God's timing is always perfect. That's hard to remember at times. God's plans are often different from our plans, but his plans are always perfect. We need to have patience to wait on his timing instead of forcing our will and efforts into the, pre, into the situation prematurely. Jeremiah 29.11, many of you know this. Quote, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Unquote. Number four, remember that God will never leave you nor forsake you. You may feel like you're going through a struggle all alone, for from that moment, you asked Jesus into your heart. He brought you into God's family. Hallelujah. And he is by your side right now. 
to end to the end of this life into the next life. So never lose hope. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. That is so encouraging. So, to recap, number one, be positive under pressure. Number two, be sensitive to the needs of others. Number three, be a peacemaker instead of a troublemaker. Number four, be patient. And number five, be prayerful. These are all marks of a spiritually mature Christian. Let us commit ourselves today to growth as a Christian and be the light that God wants us to be. Hallelujah.